but so predictable that everyone practically mouthed all the words. The afternoons were filled with one-on-one discussions with our manager, in which we used a variety of creative synonyms to describe what had already been reported to the group. Extensive filler was generally acquired here. But no one ever complained about the constant meetings. So, I did what most of us might do. I interpreted the silence as compliance. But there was another silence quietly building. My manager and I just didn't get along, though I'm sure neither of us could articulate precisely why. I kept all my feelings about her incompetence under wraps, so it had to be something other than that. I just chalked it up to the proverbial bad chemistry. After all, when you can't put your finger on something, what else could it be? But it was clear we didn't click. In the meetings, when it was my turn to talk, I always noticed a special expression she seemed to reserve just for me. A blank look of indifference. A look-through-me stare, droopy, slow eye blinks. My comments received no nod of understanding like those given colleagues. And while I spoke, she seemed to become very concerned about what time of day it was. She certainly wasn't paying much attention to my report. So, what could she be pondering, I wondered. Her lunch date? I had no idea. Her lack of attention to my report and her general insensitivity were irritating, but I couldn't tell if anyone else noticed. Was she purposely ignoring my work, or was there something else going on? I wasn't sure. Then, after one of our meetings, in which I had completed another project review with the same feelings I always had around her, Another team member, who occasionally fell victim to the manager's scorn, leaned over and whispered, Will these micro-inequities ever stop? Wow, I had never heard that term before, but it fit my experience perfectly. Micro-inequities. The manager's actions were all so subtle that they could never be fully described with words. Any attempt to bring attention to her aberrant eye movement, changes in breathing pattern, resistant hand gestures or anything that wouldn't pass hard and tangible courtroom evidence standards would leave me sounding hypersensitive or overreactive. Still, those small slights left me feeling as though I was not as worthy as others. At least now, I had a name for them. They were micro-inequities. I didn't know it that day, but I was on to something that would become anything but micro in my own life and the lives of hundreds of thousands of corporate executives, office workers, students, teachers, relatives, and couples with whom I have shared these insights. What I eventually learned about the ways we send and receive these minute, nearly invisible, nuanced messages would extend well beyond the effects of conventional discrimination. These micro-messages are the true epicenter, defining a leader's ability to influence others for better or worse. With an awareness of micro-inequities comes the opportunity for leaders at all levels to eliminate such behavior and to improve the performance and morale of those they work with. The flip side of the damage that micro-inequities inflict is the potential that positive micro-messages hold for improving working relationships and organizational performance. Effective use of micro-messages by leaders lies at the core of what inspires followers to follow. If that sounds grandiose, prepare to be converted. By the time you finish this book, you'll be a staunch advocate of the concept. Whether one of the many Fortune 500 CEOs or an entry-level professional, everyone has been on the receiving end of a micro-message.
but imagine the potential results from harnessing the subtle power of such behavior. Becoming aware of micromessaging can deliver visible and measurable results without compromising your personal business style. Unaddressed, negative micromessages accumulate, wear down, and infect an otherwise healthy self-esteem. Just because negative micromessages aren't obvious doesn't mean they aren't damaging to the individual and the organization. In fact, pretending negative micromessages don't occur can be dangerous. My five-year-old nephew drove this point home to me recently. He dropped his cookie on the floor of the Amtrak station's men's room, then picked it up and wiped off the visible grunge in preparation to eat it. When I took it away, explaining it was too dirty and might make him sick, he replied, I wiped it off. Don't you know if you can't see the dirt, it's not there? If you can't see it, it's not there.